and I went up to dad after the meet and I'm, I wasn't crying or anything, but I was pissed. And I was like, why do I have to be the worst winder? And he was oh, like, Oh man. no. Yep. <laughs> and, but what he told me was something that was really, really important. He goes, you know what you have to do. And I made an Instagram post about this. He said, you gotta be patient with me and be patient with pole vaulting. Um, welcome to another episode of the One More Jump podcast uh, with Jake and Josh Winder. Uh, today, we have our youngest brother, Luke Winder, on the podcast. A uh, little bit about him. Uh, he has a personal best in the pole vault of 5 meters 60, which is 18 feet 4 and a half inches. Um, he is a two-time Illinois state champion former Illinois state record holder. This one's crazy. Seven time NCAA division three, uh, pole vaulting champion, um, and three time USATF national qualifier. Let's give it up for Luke. Why? <laughs> Appreciate uh, it Thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah, no problem. That was really hard for me to do because I am, so cold right now i just got out of an ice cold shower on purpose in the morning sending it full send all the way into the ice cold shower no so way cold I can that, do that my my fingertips hurt and i had to keep my fingertips out of the cold water i don't know why so 90 percent of people are wondering why you did that uh what's the point well I've wondered the point too, because I, I, <laughs> no, I, I, I will do, I'll do ice baths all day long. I'll yeah. do sauna. I'll go to the extremes of, of hot and cold, but right, right. starting my day off with the cold showers, I've tried. I, I think I know why do he it. does it. There's because when we were, when we were in yeah. Chula Vista, Jake and I every day drove over to the Pacific and just got right in and it was like 55 60 degree water and he like, said yeah, it was too 60. okay yeah and he would he said it was to kind of like mellow out his body and just bring it back to neutral i don't know if that's a thing but. no no that's not the no. neutral <laughs> <laughs> all right like <clears throat> neutralize <coughs> sorry um, oh, man. recalibrate I, it, that's, that's what i mean yeah. recalibrate are you yeah. sick or are you just no. got a dry <laughs> a dry throat i choked yeah. on my spit now's not a good time to be coughing <laughs> i choked on my on my spit a little bit there all right so there's three reasons okay number one reason is um they're not in any specific order number one that's a sump pump uh <laughs> number one reason is I really don't want to do it. Every single day I wake up, I'm like, today, I think I'm just going to do a hot shower today. I'm just going to do a hot shower. And then I start to get in the shower and I'm about to turn the water on. And I'm like, am I really Could be in a wuss. going to, you know, 
was out of this here and and then i just mentally have to bring myself to do something i really don't want to do first thing in the morning just like kind of establishing control over my day i don't know if that makes any sense then the second the second reason this water is is cold and i am in control (laughs) (laughs) you can you can learn a lot by getting in ice cold water about yourself that's for sure yeah Yeah. um and then the second reason is that it it activates uh brown adipose tissue uh Mm. b-a-t and uh, that's like congregated along your collarbones and your in the back of your neck and your shoulders and that um if that's activated it's like really dense with mitochondria and you you it recruits white fat which is like the fat around your stomach it recruits white fat to be burnt as fuel to keep you warm interesting pretty cool yeah there's some cool studies out there about that and then the last one is the immune piece because you are anytime that you put your body under an extreme amount of stress even if if it's lifting or if it's if it's extreme cold or extreme heat um you have to have you know a hormetic response to that that's what they call it and it's called hormesis and you your body just your your body your body gets um you know, you, you have to have that response. And so the more that you ask your body to kind of respond to these light loads of extreme stuff, then your body, you know, develops better immunity and things like that. Cause you have immune response. People always sure. like, if you go out in the cold, you're going to get sick. You know, you, it, the cold doesn't make you sick. It's just, if you are having like a prolonged stint out in the cold and, you know, then, and you have a weak immune a weak yeah. immune system, then you can't yeah. really handle. It. I think it's the same thing with getting outside, man. With this, uh, you know, the the quarantine situation or the stay at home thing, like y- you got to be careful about going outside and exposing yourself, you know, too closely to others and and such. But I feel like people should be getting in their backyards. They should do what I do. I go out and water my lawn like six times a day <laughs> to get some yeah. fresh air because I'm in this this you know, unfinished guest room in our basement. And if you sit down here too long, man, the quality of air, you know, you know, no matter how good your HVAC system is, it's not circulating and you're not getting fresh air. Yeah. yeah I think you got to get out every day. I tell that to Amber too, cause she works from home and is just every day, like nine to five, basically on her laptop at a desk. But then yeah. after that, open up those windows just, behind you. I mean, those are good. I know those are we nice. We got nice little. She gets a little bit of vitamin D, but um, I keep telling her, I'm like, man, we just need to go for a long walk and just yeah. hang out outside and get some vitamin D. Because I I was actually talking to a couple athletes. I was like, man, I never realized the effect of vitamin D until I've been cooped up inside for like yeah. when when Amber came back from Barcelona. We had to have that two week quarantine. And I was like, my mood was so low because yeah. I was not outside. I wasn't, didn't have any sun. And then the moment that I was able to step outside, I was like, there's a reason person. that I think that you get like intrinsically like excited about when it's going to be a sunny day. Like we're not from yeah. Colorado or Lake Tahoe or California or all of these places where it's like, oh my gosh, it's like 300 days of sunshine. We're from 
man, Midwest, just, just <laughs> where it's, if it's, if it's gray and cloudy, it's, it's like, like 35 degrees and raining right now. Outside. Yeah. <laughs> which is the normal. I've got a Another tiny one. bit of sunshine coming through my window and I'm like, right. man, it's going to be a really, really nice day. Yeah. You it's know hilarious though, because it's April 25th, which would be, I don't really know what media would be around Drake relays or something maybe. Yeah. And it's 35 degrees and raining, which is just like it is at Drake relays every year. Yeah. That's Drake relays in a nutshell right there yeah. is uh, rain and cold and uh, a tailwind and warmups and a headwind during the competition. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it though. I love it. Drake has always been like my favorite. Meet. Yeah. It is. I told yeah, that to dad, like too. dad, I think always wondered why I loved it so much, but it's part of the, just sucking it up and going out there and doing it and like knowing that some of the guys might be able to, but some of the guys won't, you know, for sure. Yeah. And another thing, hopefully be one of those guys that can like props to who the event coordinators and things like that, who put on and the marketers, you know, who, who put on Drake relays, you know, to have such a successful meet in the Midwest in April, like yeah. that must I, I can't think of any other big track meet or track event in the midwest during the month of april do you, like, do you remember i can't the, think of another big track event in the midwest do you remember the elite competition at drake <laughs> i think you were in the elite section of drake uh jake when it was a literally like a um like a 20 25 mile an hour headwind no exaggeration maybe even more and it was bjorn auto Bjorn and Renault. And he made 570 into a 30 mile an hour headwind. That was pretty yeah. sad. That, moment, I right? still have that video and he popped up and celebrated more than I'd really seen him celebrate because he knew that that jump was comparable to like a six meter jump with a, with no wind or a tailwind. It was insane. Yeah. Do you remember what year that was? was I don't know, like but I, or I should try to find 13. I think I can find that clip and maybe throw it up on the gram a little bit later. Um, it might have to, I might have to do some digging. I actually dusted off a whole bunch of external hard drives and I'm finding some gems of videos on, on those. I actually found an external hard drive that goes all the way back to 2011 with lots of jumps and video and candid stuff on it. So it's, um, It'll, it'll be fun kind of diving into that. But I wanted to ask you, Luke, like we're all talking about sitting inside all day and possibly getting outside a little bit. And, you know, with the season basically being completely canceled and summer being canceled, like what, what do you do? Like, what does your day look like? Um, and explain a little bit about what you do professionally too, because I know that you're involved in North Central College, et cetera. Yeah. So I, Basically, so I, I work at North Central as a graduate assistant. Um, I'm getting my master's degree there, and I also coach the pole vaulters. Um, so we'll have team meetings, like the full track team will have team meetings probably once a week. I'm recruiting kids four or five days a week um, just by texting or calling or email, having recruiting meetings and stuff like that. Um, I'm also doing as much as I can as far as personal training, sending you know, workouts to, to high schoolers that I had worked with throughout the season um, and all of that. Um, but 
I've been, you know, being cooped up. I don't like doing that. I, we've always, you know, we were raised as people who, if we're inside too long, they, our parents kick us out pretty much, you know, and we just, they like to have us spend as much time in our cul-de-sac playing kickball as we can or skateboarding or whatever it is. As much time away from them as possible. (laughs) Yeah. As much time (laughs) away from them as humanly possible. So much so that dad just put up two PVC pipes and, and uh, bungee across in our backyard so we'd just hang out there for a little bit too but for sure sure, i basically have been trying to get um you know i work out six days a week whether it's running i have my workout routines have kind of been like three mile run a couple days a week um i have two full body lifting days a week and then interval days two days a week where i'm running like 200s or 100s but I've been trying to, you know, that's six days a week that I'm really trying to get out and actually go do something outside though. You know, like I saw Jake yesterday at the club, I was doing some lifting and I'm trying to occupy my time and burn off some steam too. Just like, because when you're cooped up, you just have so much energy. It's like trying to get to the weight room and throw some weights around. And just, I was telling Jake, I was like, there's nothing better than putting on your favorite music and just getting down with some weights, you know, hundred percent. Well, you, you actually ventured outside probably your comfort zone slightly just to change things up with these, uh, little three mile runs that you're doing as well. I know that you've got the Des Plaines river about a mile and a half away and you're scoping out some fishing spots, but, um, (laughs) killing two birds with one stone there. But is that, was that something that was suggested by dad? Um, or were you guys just kind of came to the consensus like, Hey, let's just change it up. We've got some time. Let's get the legs moving a little bit. It was a little bit of both. Actually. It was, I had to kind of talk to dad and talk to you guys and ask for advice about what I, what you all think I should be doing during this time, just because there's really nothing to be you know, working towards, like you said, like the best motivator is having a competition or having something like that to, um, for sure, you know, compete for and keep trying to jump in practice. But I talked to dad and I talked to you guys and you guys were basically like, you should just either take a little time to do whatever you want or just train through and not worry about vaulting. And that's kind of what I've been doing is I've been doing a little bit of both of that been popping some kick flips when I can. And, uh, you know, playing the drums. I've also been, like you said, running some distance every once in a while, just because dad talked to me and was like, you know, whenever I was growing up in vaulting, obviously there wasn't as much knowledge about how to train for vaulting, but he felt like he just had to outlast his competition, you know, have a little bit more endurance than his competition throughout and throughout a competition. And you know, take one more jump than everybody else. One more jump podcast, throw it out there. Um, yeah, I mean, you see Renault sometimes like riding uh, on his bike on Instagram yeah, and, and other sure. people just jogging around and stuff. Yeah, like I that. think that there's a misconception as far as that stuff goes that it's going to take away from you. Right. And there definitely is an extent to where I'm not going to go and run six mile runs. I'm not going to go any further than three miles personally. Um, but I went out my first time and started running my three miles and I texted Josh and I was like, dude, my legs are giving out. Like it wasn't even my heart rate and stuff like that. It was like my legs felt so weak while I was running. Muscle fibers. Um, And I was like, that's probably not a good thing. You know, like I should be able to go and run three miles and be fine if I'm a fit individual. 
I went and started doing that only two days a week. Um, but I feel like, and then making sure that on top of that, I'm still running sprint intervals and running them fast so that yeah. I'm not losing that fast twitch. That's what I was going to say, yeah. man. I, I mean, I've ventured into a bit of marathon training and stuff and, and I've done, you know, six months of long, medium to long runs with no sprint workouts. And I, I went to a track maybe six, seven weeks ago, right before all this COVID stuff came up and I tried to run an all out 200, which I mean, we used to do 200 meter repeats under 30 seconds Oh, yeah. frequently, you know, and anyways, I ended up <laughs> clocking a 38 and I was oh, like, my. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Good. So I was like that, that had to have been a fluke. I was getting warmed up, you know, let's stretch, stretch the legs a little bit, you know, do some flying 50 meters. And then, uh, let's try this again. Round two, 37. I was like, that, that is truly what six, seven months of slow twitch muscles do to you, man. Like I didn't, you don't keep up with it. And another test was, so you guys know, I used to throw backflips off everything whenever I wanted on the ground, round off back handspring back tuck. I would be able to do all that stuff. The other day I was in my backyard and I was like, I wonder if I can do a backflip. And it was the first time in 10 years that I thought I will break my face on the ground because I don't have that explosiveness anymore. It's not there. And if I want it back, I got to work it back, but it, I guess there isn't a motivation to do that. So let's just keep the slow twitch rolling. You need to not, sorry, you need to not, um, time yourself on those 200s because you know <laughs> if you think about it well then i would have thought older, i was running 28s exactly and that's fine <laughs> what, who cares right you go home and you have the confidence now of you know those yeah. were probably right around they they might have been 27s <laughs> they could have been 28s but they're for sure under 30 i can still run that 49 like, second like, quarter no good. problem <laughs> You know, you feel good and you're like, this is, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I still got it. As you get older, you learn like, Hey, you know, you put a little weight on the bar. Ah, let's not add it up. Don't add it up. Are these the same size plates on each side? Whatever. You get home and you're like, ah, that was, uh, one of those, uh, that bar is 60. That bar is 60 pounds. (laughs) Whenever you get older, whenever you get older, you start getting, I started getting it whenever I was coaching high school and lifting after practice where you stop caring if you have the, the 45 pound plate or if you have the 25 with two tens on the side, as long as both sides add up or the five pound plate with the two, two, two and a halfs on each side, things just shaking around. In high school, I would have been so meticulous about that. Like, no, it's got to be exact. Now I'm like, yeah, this feels all right. Let's just roll have with you it. Have seen some of the training now, though? Like, they're, like, starting to promote, like um, – Offsetting like the weight? Offset, yeah. Like, like you'll see sometimes now, like, in the some, you know, type – fringy type fitness stuff where you'll, you'll have a guy doing a back squat and it'll have, one like, a 45-pound plate on this side 
no 45 that'll pull your oblique side. man like you got to be careful yeah. with that I'm, yeah i saw I'm some people doing that with it, bench but yeah, yeah the, the bench too yeah they do it on the on the big lifts or whatever you know bench i don't, I don't know. know who knows but i guess back <laughs> back back to luke we we tend to all kind of get a little uh sidetracked you mentioned uh popping kick flips playing drums um during this time are you feeling like you're you're venturing into things that you have always wanted to or um, has have always kind of dabbled with? And follow-up question, do you see yourself maybe seeing the vault in a bit different of a perspective now because you've had the time to be at home with your wife more and pop those kick flips and maybe go fishing and play the drums more. Do you feel like you'll implement some, some more hobby esque things to keep it light? Yeah. I think that that's a big problem is that a lot of people get so, you know, engulfed with just pole vaulting and pole vaulting and pole vaulting that every second of every day you think about it. And I've fallen into that a million times. I know you guys have too. And it's just like, it causes you to legitimately not want to pole vault anymore, but you still want to pole vault. It's a yeah. weird, it's a you weird feel like thing. you have like, to, but you get a little anxious yeah. about it. And you're like, Do it's you like, I want to, it's like, I want to pole vault, but I want to have fun and I want to make sure that I'm having fun pole vaulting and I'm doing it cause I want to have fun doing it. But I also want to be really good. You know, like I want to PR and I want to do all that stuff, but it's really important to, in, in my, what I've realized is it's really important for me to come down off of the high horse of I've been to USA's, I've jumped 560, you know, I've been on this pole, I've gripped this high. I've got to, whenever I come, each time when you come back into pole vaulting, you got to start it over. You got to just be able to be like, okay, I'm going to put a bungee at 15.6 or 16, like from a short approach and not be embarrassed about the fact that I'm jumping at 15, six or 16, just accept yeah. that that's where you're at. Yeah. And eventually you're going to build back up to it. Cause when, when you're in high school, you know, and the bungee, I, I was thinking about this. I was telling dad the other day, I was like, when I was in high school, like I started my practices, like jumping at a 14 foot bungee and my PR was like 17 yeah. <laughs> in high yeah. school, you know, yeah. and I would start that's my true. practice at maybe 15 feet and then work my way up to maybe jumping at an 18 foot bungee. Um, But that's a three foot difference, you know, and that's kind of besides the point, but as far as the, you know, and go like doing other activities also when you're in high school, you got gym class, you got like hanging out with your friends after school. I was playing basketball all day, every day. I remember you used to love dunking the basketball in Mm -hmm. gym class, having a good old time. After class or after school, I go hang out with my buddies. Maybe go pop a couple kick flips. You know, it was just pop a lot more relaxed, and it was a lot more. Luke's got good kick flips. <laughs> he keeps on saying that. Pop a couple kick flips. Yeah. he's got he's hey, got his I tried got and true. My very yeah, yeah I saw that varial the other day. That was, that was easy. Solid. Those things are so easy, man. So, are you saying that you're? Shove it. Your PR right now is is so you're saying like your PR right now is probably maybe like around it's fifteen six. <laughs> yeah, is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying that uh, it's gonna take so like the same mentality that I had in high school and through my beginning years of college before I put a lot of pressure on myself. It was a lot more relaxed back then, you know. Like it wasn't yeah, so much about like every meet I have to PR or 
actually really that was probably like my thing it was like it would be really cool to pr but if i don't at least i know that this meet is going to add up to something that will eventually be a pr for sure, as opposed sure. to you know lately or not lately but the last couple of years i felt like i've kind of entered into the meets like hey if i don't pr like it's not a good meet or if i don't jump yeah. above 18 feet or get on this pole or grip this high it's not a good meet and all of it's got to be seen as a development into a culmination of all of that stuff being used to eventually PR once or yeah, something. Right. You know what I mean? I always and that's, tell, yeah. dad's really helped me with, you know, figuring that stuff out. Once I like post collegially, like I kind of got into this phase of like, you know what? The ultimate practice is a competition like that. And so I started viewing it like that. Like I was, I would be like, okay, today is a practice but i'm at a competition you know like this is yeah. my day you know and then some of those practices were or you know competitions um were you know had a lot of really great pole vaulters and big venues with big crowds and i would be like man now this is an even better practice because now i have like extra pressure and and i get to i get to practice in this area of having like this extra pressure and um if you view it like that then at the end of the meet regardless of how you know how well you do you you're viewing it as like you said like a stepping stone and and you can learn so much more from it um i had a question for you what because this kind of has to deal with it um what is the worst part of post-collegiate pole vaulting i know like there are so many different things out Dang, there that's like, a hard question and and there and there's people there's it all collegians. no i'm just kidding yeah <laughs> there, there's there's people out there though there's there's post-collegians but then there's also kids that are not kids but um athletes that are going to be graduating college soon and might want to try this out is it money is it pressure is it you know what's um, the worst part I think that the, I think it's very easy to enter into post-collegiate vaulting if you do not set your expectations very high and you just try to set small goals. I know that sounds very cliche. Everybody says that, but the, I think the biggest mistake I made is I qualified for my first USA championship and then just assumed that I, that was what I needed to do every year and that it was going to happen every year. It wasn't like, this is something I got to work for again every year. It was like, this is going to happen. And a good uh, comparison is kind of like when I qualified for my first junior USA's, my junior year of high school, I remember my senior year, my only focus was to qualify again. Like that was like my biggest thing. I was like, Hey, I don't want to, I, I know that the state records on the line and all that, but like my first goal is making sure I get a qualifying mark for that. It wasn't like, Oh, it'll just happen you know, as the year goes on, it was like, although 16, five, I think it was five meters was pretty low for me at that time. It was like, that's still my number one goal. And and until I do that, then I can focus on the other stuff. But that's the same thing. I think as far as post-collegiate vaulting, whenever I think of post-collegiate, I think of like jumping to qualify for USA's hopefully. Um, Yeah, for sure. That's the, that's the big thing is like eight. I mean, it's 18, four and a half is the auto now. And if you're not jumping that, you're not getting in, you know, like For sure. 23, there were 23 people who jumped 560 the year that I qualified. 
um, in wow. and got ninth yeah, place in 2018. I think that's a lot of freaking people. Yeah, and there were probably five of them that were over 19. It's a big misconception, um, and I dealt with it too. Is that once you jump, you know, your big bar and you get to qualify and go to that U.S. Championships, it's like you're not just admitted to the club. You don't get like a, a lifetime, like no. like a card, like a lifetime membership to the elite pole vaulting club. Yeah, no. you have to continually, continually perform, and you and that's, you know, for so so what what's your answer? What um, it's, I, so I would say the, probably the pressure of having, for me, it's the pressure of having gone to the USA's and the difficulty of knowing that I have to work for that every time, rather than thinking it's just going to come, you yeah. know, throughout the season, you, can't you gotta continue to work you on gotta, small stuff. You can't, that's, I, just the I, way that we do it, like, I can't just sit there and jump at a bar all the time and like have a and have quote unquote a bunch of fun jumping you know i need to make sure that i'm still working to get better at pole vaulting and not just working at jumping at a higher bungee i need to work on my technique work on my takeoff work on what's going to allow me to get faster and get on bigger poles and stuff like that because that's the stuff that ultimately is going to allow me to jump that height again is getting on that same pole i jumped it before but yeah. I haven't been on that pole in a while. So it's like when I get on that pole, it's like, okay, it's game time. It's pretty sure it's going to, you know, I'm going to be able to jump a good bar. But until you get onto those bigger poles, it's kind of a stretch that you're going to be able to, you know, jump those heights, hopefully. But we've, you never know. we've always, um, and I'm a bad example because I, I didn't really treat post collegiate vaulting as seriously as you two I don't think um I cared a lot about it I wanted to jump well but I was really it was nice to just show up see you guys at a meet and vault with you and hopefully clear you know five meters or something um but whenever you whenever you're vaulting post collegiately and you have a job and a wife and need to be bringing in money need to you know pay the bills, but paying the bills isn't just having the money to pay the bills. That is understanding when you need to make payments, buying groceries, staying on top of everything in your life, in your household, in your family. And that some people can handle that and still pole vault, you know, let's just say the 550 plus bar. Um, and some people can't, I couldn't. Um, I couldn't, I yeah. never jumped the 550 bar, but I, I wanted to, but I had to realize very quickly, like, okay, I'm teaching full time. I was a teacher before I was in sales. Um, I, I was a teacher. I was a coach. I was involved in my church and I had a wife in medical school and I, I was holding and down a dog. The and, and a dog. Right. And to, to sit back and think, Hmm. I want to qualify for the USA championships and probably have to vault 555, 560 at the time to be able to get in. Is this feasible? No. For me, no, it wasn't. Therefore, I was able to take the pressure off and think, all right, yeah. I'm going to teach my high schoolers how to pole vault um, by being inclusive with it. I'm going to be involved in it. I'm going to run intervals with them. I'm going to teach them you know, step by step how to pole vault the way that I know 
how they should pole vault. And it was so fun. I had so much fun with it. And that's what continued to help me regain the, the love for the event. But I guess with you, Luke, like, I mean, how, how are you balancing kind of circling back to that original question? How are you balancing like being the GA, being a, a new husband to your wife, um, you know, like, and figuring out trying to qualify for the USA championships, yeah. whenever it is, or in this case, the Olympic trials would be the next, the next big step. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's the, the thing kind of like what you were talking about. I want to talk about that first about taking the pressure off and just being able to focus, you know, on, on other things, but also just enjoy pole vaulting and find your small improvements when you could have them. I mean, the, Olympic trials qualifying is pretty dang high. It's 575. And I'm not saying I can't do it. I'm not going to say that, but I'm also going to say that that is really freaking high. That's very, very high. Not too many people go from jumping, you know, 18, like I've made 18 feet, I think like seven times total in my life. Not too many people go from making seven times total 18 feet to, uh, or 18 plus to jumping 18, 10 and a half the next year, you know? So, and this is over the span of three years that I've made 18 feet. 18 feet is a really high bar for me right now. And I've made it a few times and been blessed enough to be able to get to a USA championship and to place ninth place at one of them um, and open up at 545. I was pretty pumped about that. But the big thing is like taking that pressure off, like you were saying, like if like, allowing myself to just recognize that hey my goal isn't to go and place top three at the usa championships or top seven at the usa championships my goal is to hopefully get to the usa championships and it's the same kind of concept ironically here's a photo of this is a good photo whoa our mom made us this is a picture of all of us mine's still packed away in a box i gotta find that (laughs) <laughs> that was a picture for those of you who are listeners and can't see the video. That's a picture of my brothers and dad and I praying after I won the state championship. So all four of us had won the state championship, but that picture always reminds me of like the small goals that we always had. It was like freshman year, dad, he, he would tell us, Hey, what's your goal? You know? And Jake was kind of the pioneer. So it was like, I, dad probably had no idea what your goal was, but no, well, we, but it, we thought that there was a chance that I could qualify for state as a person. Yeah, so that it was like, okay, year one, freshman year, qualify for state, hopefully. Year two, you know, get to the state final. It wasn't even about placing. It was just get to the state final. Yep. Year three, Jake won state. That was a pretty high precedent for all of us. So then, and then year two or three, Josh won state. And then I was like, dang, dude, if I don't win state, I'm trashed. Game over. But, yeah. <laughs> so I and good and thing you won it twice state. and set the state record. So yeah. so that's kind of what it was. Is it was like there was all those small goals and like although I remember sophomore year being like, dude, I'm like top three in the state, and Dad's telling me the only goal I have is qualify for finals. This is weird. But then I qualified. That was my only goal though. So then once I did it, I was like, oh, pressure's off, dude. I don't care anymore. Like I qualified for finals. That's all I wanted to do. Now I get to just go jump and have fun. And I feel like as far as balancing all of this, it's like as long as I'm willing to work with dad and, and him and I like work together as far as setting 
small goals and goals that are actually attainable and fun to work towards, it's not that hard. You know, like I, I wake up and go to work or go to North Central. Usually I work out from eight to 10 or eight to nine thirty every day and then go and, you know, recruit some kids from, from 10 o'clock until two o'clock. And then I go and train some kids from four until eight, you know, some nights. What do you, what do you say to the kid? You know, let's say there's a, there's a girl who wants to, um, take top three at state. Right. And in her head, she's got this, um, this goal of, I want to jump 13 feet. I want to take top three at state and I want to win the conference championship and maybe, you know, throughout the season, if I happen to jump, I don't know what girls junior qualifying is, you know, 13, three qualify for junior, (laughs) junior USA. It's like, and, and I know you've fallen into it. I've fallen into it. Jake's fallen into it where we have these, we have, we have six goals instead of one, you know, totally obtainable goal. And what do you say? What do you say to that person? Like, what do you, as a coach at, at rise, what do you say to that? You know, a top performing girl vaulter, let's say that has these really big goals or, or any girl vaulter for that matter. I think it's actually a funny question because half the time when I ask a kid, you know, about what their goal is and we talk to them all the time about having process goals over outcome goals. Like if I ask a kid, Hey, what's your goal? And they say, I want to jump 16 feet. You know, it's just like, well, I don't know what, you know, like, what are you going to do to do that? You know, you got to have something to accomplish on the way to jump in 16 unless, and if then if you don't jump 16, everything is terrible, right? Yeah. So I, to be honest, I always, what I do with my athletes is I ask them really, really early. Like I asked this kid that I train um, in Chicago, I asked him, about two weeks ago, Hey, what's your ultimate goal for next year? And he was like, I want to jump 15, six to 16 feet and have a chance to maybe win a state championship. It was kind of a stretch of a goal, but I was like, Hey, all right, you said it now delete it from your memory. And now we have to work on, and you have to trust in me and you have to trust in yourself about what you need to do now. That's going to be best for you leading up. And I said, you're not going to jump 15, six or 16. Now you're probably not going to jump it three months from now. There's a strong chance you won't jump it six months from now, but a year from now, whenever it actually matters and the state championships coming around 15, six could be an option. If you're on the right poles and we've gone through the right stuff and done the actual steps that it takes to get to that, you can maybe jump that. But throughout that time, your goal has to be and leading up to that meet, your goal's got to be, hey, what pole is it that I'm going to jump on to jump this bar or win this conference championship or get third at state? And yep. what grip am I going to have to grip? And how strong am I going to have to be? And how fast am I going to have to be? Probably a lot stronger and faster than you are right now. So yeah. I, that's basically sure. what I told him. And since then, we haven't pole vaulted. And all we've done is <laughs> yeah, right. strength and speed. And, and just he's like probably really, just, just fine. Really, yeah. One thing you said that I liked is um, – deleting that that height um and i think that there's you know i'm training for the marathon i keep saying it and if i put a time you know and i stare at that time some people function that way some people like that some people like to to strive towards that 
I personally have been in the, the delete, the, uh, delete the file, uh, mode, get it in your head. Okay. That's good. I think it'd be really cool to run, let's say a three hour marathon one day. Got it done with it. Get miles in miles, 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 and not really focus on that because otherwise you're measuring yourself up against that. If that, that athlete you're training every workout thinks 16 feet, 16 feet, 16 feet, Guess what happens when they, you know, barely slid over a 14 foot bungee at practice or, or, or bar. They're so frustrated because they pissed. fell yeah. two feet short of their goal. And right. that's, or even that's if they jump 15, nine in practice, they're still pissed. You it's know? like, I right. didn't do it. I didn't do it. Hey, I, I, I haven't let Jake talk a lot here, but I'm wondering, Jake, this is a curveball question for you, even though Luke's on here. Um, this and then is we can, Topo Chico, by the way, this is. Just mineral water. It's our first sponsor. No, oh, I'm kidding. I thought he was drinking Corona. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can't drink that nowadays. It's mineral, it's mineral water. Yeah. Just wanted yeah, to don't be that drinking Corona. That does, that does your body bad right uh-uh. now. No. Uh-uh. What, what, are you, what are your thoughts, Jake? Um, and Luke, you can voice your thoughts as well. We keep saying bungee. And I, I there's... Oh, boy. I know, I know, but I, I don't want to dive too deep into it because I don't think you gotta that. Got to get that on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. the, the point. Dad will have this shut down in just a Here's one my thought. I'll, I'll, I'll give my thoughts. And then, Jake, I want you to give yours. And then, Luke, you can give yours. But yeah. the reason I like using a bungee, and so many people are like, no, you got to use a bar and bar awareness, and you got to, is simply because I found with myself and the vaulters I've coached that the more good vaults you have, the better you get. And I've found from a time and efficiency standpoint, not at all bashing bar awareness and vaulting at a bar. I think vaulting at a bar is necessary on occasion, but at practice, we're talking about practice. Mm. If you are taking five vaults at a bar, because that's what you've had time for versus 15 at a bungee and you aren't mentally capable enough to, to hop into a competition and vault the same way you did on the majority of those 15 vaults at a bungee. I think personally, that's a, that's a you problem. That's not a, a me problem. So what are your thoughts, Jake? Yeah, I, I mean, you could, you could come at this little thing from a million different angles because even while you're just talking about that, I was just like, you know, you you don't have to be, um, team bar or team bungee. Like you can, you can just mix them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We got to get him on here. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like you, like have to you know what i'm a bungee guy and all i do is jump on bungees or i'm a bar guy and all i do is jump at bars like you you can use the them you know wisely but if you're running a a class uh you know like at my my club you know and you have 10 athletes i'm i'm going to opt for the more reps um without a bar because yep. because it's just like you know we always talk about like you want to get better you know get luke rest. was saying luke was saying luke was saying about his athlete wants to be better a year from now wants to jump that sometimes what dad would do and what i've done too is i talk to kids in reps they'll be like well i want to jump this high all right 
thousand reps. Yeah. Thousand Thousand reps reps. to a year or two. Thousand reps. Yeah. You'll probably be there. Or like there, somebody will come to me and say, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't know. I'm not touching my feet to my top hand and my rock back. How do, how do I do that? How do I do that? You're probably 300 reps away. Yeah. You know, and that's not a, a degrading thing. Like that. No, Some, yes, being honest. It's, it's just, hey, would you rather me tell you to just do it and you get frustrated for a year or two? Or would you rather maybe even start to mark it down in your notebook? Like, hey, I got 20 more reps in today. I'm getting better, incrementally better and better and better. Luke, what right. are what's your thoughts on, on the bar and bungee? And I guess let me throw one tiny little curveball. D3 versus D1. D3, we have a lot more people participating at practice. So to Jake's point of true. like, you know, it, we want reps. We have a lot of people. We're trying to rub a, run, run a club system here. Like you, you might have at a D3 practice 11 people. And no, but well, and in our case, and guys and if, girls mix, you might have. That's a what I was about to say. Stuff, in our case, guys and girls Decaf, might be mixed at times i would say as far as that d3 versus d1 thing too like i mean i'm not this not at all like saying anything about anything bad about another jumper or anything but you also like whenever well josh whenever you were in school all the guys were jumping freaking 17 plus like you had like five guys jumping 17 yeah that was an interesting division time three school. North, that's North jacked Central. up we, that's messed up dude that's we, crazy and we all we all lived together yeah, that's, that's I know. A whole, that was that's a whole nother. That's uh, that was yeah. talk about some really, really fun times, man. Yeah, that house, that was, that was awesome. A that was a cool house. But whenever I was in school, which we did actually did have good jumpers, we had I had two teammates who were jumping over five meters. Um, but whenever you're, if you are talking about jumping at a bar, and I, let's say I wanted to jump at a seventeen foot bar, they wanted to jump at a sixteen foot bar. That's not too bad. But then you bring in a couple freshmen who are jumping 14. Then you got to drop it a couple more feet. And then you bring in maybe a girl into the equation jumping at a 12-foot bar. And you got five or six jumpers, you know, jumping at all these different bars. That takes right. forever. And, like, dad it does. I mean, if – and also our, our dad is a uh, – he's a school teacher. So – and he coaches – and he coached at North Central whenever I was – whenever we were all vaulting. And it's like – what are you going to make him stay for four hours to finish yeah, a, or three hours to finish a ball workout? You know, right. that just doesn't make much sense. You know, but, and then as far as the club yeah. thing goes, like it's also a big safety concern for like the club athletes. You don't know which ones are prepared or I guess we right. would know which ones are prepared and ready, but you also well, and, don't yeah. know when something's going to go South, you know? Yeah. We're all we're And, and the other thing too, and, and, and the, obviously this is, this can be, this can, you know, clear up your issues. Uh, the more you jump at a bar, the more comfortable you're going to be at yeah, a bar. So that sure. is the biggest argument for jumping at a bar. 100%. No doubt. That's the biggest argument for it. And I agree with that. And if it's just you and a couple of your homies jumping, that's we've done that. We, no, we've done that. We, but we the reality is I tell, I tell uh, the kids at, at the uh, club, like there, you have to look at like uh, the risk versus the reward on anything that you do in training. Okay. So if you're, if you're a coach and you're going to have your athletes uh, do something new, that's out of the box, you have that, that risk has to be worth the reward. So that reward in this case would be, 
you know, them having an, an incredible uh, practice jumping at a bar and everyone is, is, you know, rock solid mentally and they're doing a great job. But the risk on that is that you're finishing, like as far as like your athletes finishing their jumps, yeah. will probably drop down to about 50%. You know, they'll, they will finish about 50% of their vaults. Um, one kid might be having a, a, the day of their lives and doing really well, but probably on average, not, not everybody's going to be doing that, you know? So, so are you willing to risk having your workout blow up? You know, are you willing to blow up these athletes workouts and, have them have a epic fail for a workout is that worth the reward of them jumping at a crossbar a couple times in the club environment in the club environment yeah exactly in the club environment track me it's not it's not suitable but for the i guess to further the argument with the vaulter who is um you know 12 foot guy high school vaulter who who like is is definitely afraid of the crossbar like right and, and runs through every meet because of it. Yes. The coach should carve some time out to yeah. drop the bar down to 10 feet and have them make it 10 times in a row over a crossbar so that they can take a breath of fresh air and be like, all right, we're working towards some progress here. That's a totally different situation. And I, the, I don't want to spend a whole bunch of time talking about bar versus bungee, but I think yeah, it was I just want to, yeah, go for my, it. My argument is that, so my answer is that I think both could be used. I think definitely, I think bungee for efficiency of workout whenever it comes to not during a really intense time of the year. I think it's the same thing that could be applied to periodization and lifting. Like you do a high volume with a low intensity during right. the time that you're not really competing, jump at a bungee a bunch of times or jump at a crossbar, sure. but like, a really stinking low crossbar, like two or three feet below your PR and just smoke over it a bunch of times and get used to it. But then as the season goes on, my PR is 18, four and a half. Maybe I'll take cracks at 18 feet in practice over a bar and see how that works. But as long as you've built up that confidence leading up into it, if you haven't built up that confidence jumping at a bungee or jumping at a low bar, I just don't think it could work. And also Mondo and Sam, those are the two, the two bar guys, right? Right. And they, and that's the thing is that they grew up, never jumped, not at a bar. They always jumped at a bar. I mean, I've yeah. seen interviews with them where they were like, yeah, I've never really jumped at a bungee in my life. We just right. always jump at bars. But Renault and Buka, I, every training video I've ever seen of either of them, they've jumped at a bungee. So right. it's like, it's true. There's two different schools of thought there. And it's not that Renault would, couldn't jump at a bungee and it's not, or at a bar and it's not like Sam couldn't jump at a bungee or something like that. Um, I think it's just based on what that coach is trying to accomplish that day. I'm like, as far as our coach or as my, as my dad, as our dad, um, he's a big advocate for jumping at bungee because he believes in getting reps in and having an efficient workout. But if you go into a workout with a bar and you're like, Hey, well, let's jump at a bar today or he says, hey, let's jump at a bar today, and you have an efficient workout, he's cool with that too. He just doesn't like the non-finish 50% of the time. For sure. That's a tough, you know, this tough is, number. This is my last thought on it is you do have practice at a bar. 
It's exactly like I was talking about earlier. It's a track meet. It's the best practice. For sure. <laughs> the best yeah. practice. The ultimate practice is a track meet at a crossbar. Do you got issues with jumping at a crossbar? Well, you need to set practice-like process goals yeah. for your track meet. Start, start small you know, and work your way up, start, too. Don't start six start inches low. below your PR. I know, dude. Great. It bugs the on, crap man. out of me. I've talked to a lot of elite guys who, like, I, I can't really think of exactly who, but, like, I've talked to a few where we're going into a track meet, like, the first meet of the year, and, you know, me and another dude will be like, hey, what are you opening up at? And we're both like, oh, we're going to open up at, like, five meters or something. You know, like, just open up really low, like, 16 feet or five meters. Like, might as well. It's the first meet of the year. Get a bunch of jumps in. For but sure. then – We'll, we'll overhear that somebody else with the like roughly the same PR as us is opening up at 520 or 525 or something like that. Yeah. And I kid you not, that actually happened. And at that meet specifically, I could like the two who opened up lower ended up clearing more bars and jumping higher event at the end of the day than the guys who were, Do you, you think know, some of the guys, not all of them. Some of the guys were opening up higher. I feel like you got to build a rhythm, especially if it's early in the year. Rhythm, yeah. Do you think there's some people who feel like it's like, all right, I'm gonna vault, I'm gonna open up at, um, you know, five forty or five fifty because, um, not me, because I wish, but <laughs> open up at five forty or five fifty because I want to make five sixty and I want to have as much energy <laughs> built up for that vault. Right. Um, I don't know. It just doesn't work that's for a, me, man. That's a slippery slope. It just doesn't slope. work for me. Yeah. 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 Or you can be like Steve for, Hooker. Though. I was just I was just thinking about that guy the other day. Oh, he was uh, one of my favorite vaulters of all time. Just absolute yeah. explosive amount yeah. of energy in his vault. But yeah, that that one or two jump so, like so he missed five eighty five on his first attempt and then passed to five ninety, made it and won and then packed it up. Yeah, Savage. that's that's next level. That's next level. That was pretty sick. All right, but I Luke. do know what you're talking about because Cole Walsh, if you guys know who Cole Walsh is, Nike sponsored athlete. Mm. Throwing wow. that out. Shout out. <laughs> is that the guy who is that the guy is that the guy who was dancing on the the He's runway the, yeah, with like Instagram the video? Kind of like He's a yeah, really good like dancer. got like some long curly hair. Is that He's the guy who that dude, fell that dude on is that so cool. skateboard? Uh, he did what? No. Is he I, the one who fell on the skateboard when he no that's that. audio that, that was that was oh awful. that was audio when he like slid down Dang. the whole street and got that was speed, yeah speed yeah i'm not wobbles, doing any of that type of skateboard no i'm just popping um but cole walsh he Goodness. he told me uh about like whenever he entered into the diamond league scene that like last year was his first year on the diamond league and he was like dude it was crazy i like went to a meet and the opening bar was like 555 <laughs> and his yeah. and he had jumped 575 maybe but hadn't jumped that in you know a year and he said he opened up at 555 and PR'd that day but he's at a me, diamond league day, though he's jacked yeah, at a diamond man. league you're jacked up whenever i opened up at 545 at usa's and made it <laughs> Time it was really jacked. weird. I felt like I was not in a rhythm at all. I was on the wrong pole. I didn't know what I was supposed to be gripping. And I yeah. didn't feel like I had a chance at the next bar just because I didn't know yeah. what to do, really. That's, you know? 
That's not the best. Hey, I have a question. Um, we were talking about skating just a second ago. Yep. Who's the best skater over 550? Are you uh, in the top? Are you are Nate you Richards. in the top five? Nate Richards. I'm, Nate Richards is the best skater. Yeah, by far. The best skater. That's my heater, if you guys can hear it. I don't know if you could hear. Yeah, that. I was wondering what that was. It sounded like. It sounds uh, like somebody. Somebody was going there. to the bathroom next door or something. I'm gonna shut it off really quick. Yeah, you better. You better shut that stinking thing off. We'll see if that works. We got a so, old since we got I didn't, old Chicago style apartment, Chicago style hot dog. Chicago. Now because busy. I didn't vault five fifty, Jake, I can't be in the category. Oh, dude, I didn't Nate even. Nate Richards think about is that. the best skater over the middle middle son. I didn't vault five fifty. Just it's oh, let's just. I, what's even funnier is if you would have included me in the conversation, and then we would have backtracked and been like, actually, yeah. it doesn't count because you didn't fall right. 550 i don't know i've seen a couple of videos on nate like so i don't know was, this he, nate but i know i think no, i've you, seen some no of you know okay so he jumped at uh ihsa is that the guy who does like, the bonelesses no <laughs> he's okay he went to notre dame okay he's he's got red hair he's got red hair he went to mchenry high school I think. Um, mchenry in got, illinois yeah but he's got red hair I jumped at USA's with him. Yeah, he looked um, good. I jumped IHSA with him. He's got like a, a little bit of flow. He's not super active on social media right what's, now. But that's kind of what's his skate style like? Is he a? Is he? He's a, like a Shane O'Neill, but I mean, like, what? like, not like whoa, a, whoa. <laughs> this dude should give up pole vaulting then and no, he's just not like, cut straight he's over not to like skating. Jaws. He's not like Jaws, like jumping yeah. down. Yeah, that's what I mean. There's different skaters. He, He's, or is he's he doing? A, can he do a, a like a kick? He's got a clean tray flip on a yeah. On a rail. I've seen he's it. Got he's a got a easy tray flip. He, okay. He's got a good Insta. Uh, there's like a video of him on Instagram uh, that to Luke it, sent me over right one time on and I was the like, Go Skate Day. Yeah, and like. I talk to him about it all the time. I'm like, dude, you, that tray flip looked yeah. awesome. What's his name? Like he he's got the trays down. He's got like Nate. He's doing some Smiths and stuff. Yeah, but he's he's probably the best. He's the only one that I know that really skates, though. Wait, I'm the like, I other guy. I think I'm maybe I'm number two. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I can't yeah. find it, man. If we're talking about other people yeah. too, though, Nick Hysong obviously was, but oh, he's yeah. trained oh, by, man. but he trains Nate. That's the funny part. He trains out in Arizona with. That's yeah. where I saw That's that. Awesome. Th- yeah, because they had he had a a video he posted up of Nick Hysong or whatever on his Instagram a while back, I think he said, or he's posted it up on a story or something like this guy can, uh, rip the, uh, poles and rip. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say rip the poles and, <laughs> and rip the bowls, but, <laughs> but I didn't want people to think that, rip the bowl. that he was <laughs> smoking a bunch of pot. <laughs> oh, I no. Like a skate bowl, like a half pipe. That's a, that's round. He can Dude, rip the I... poles and rip the bowls. <laughs> I thought of it in a whole sand, other, baby. I thought of it in a whole other way to rip the bolts. I was like, what the heck? All right. Okay, yeah, I literally can't. Is it Nate best. Richardson? I can't Richards. find it. Uh, I see it. Richards. Like T Z. Easy. Rip the bolts and rip the bolts. <laughs> 
<laughs> what the heck? I, I literally, I can't, I can't we find can't it. Even... Anyway, I'll send we'll, it to you yeah. afterwards. Okay, we'll maybe we'll, we'll give him, we'll give him a shout out. out. I'll tag you in his uh, like post or something. It'll make it'll make sense, and maybe and uh, I'll say this is what I was we talking have about. 110 followers on Instagram. It'll probably gain him 110 followers, right? Dude. Yeah, you're welcome. So Nate. yeah, that's the that's the best. <laughs> yeah. probably you're welcome for the 110 followers. <laughs> He's the only one I've seen actually skate um, and do it well. Yeah, because Haisong used to do um, used to skate a little bit, I think. And then I was I was actually posting up some stuff about these bad boys the other day. Oh yeah. Yep. Speaking of Sky flashbacks, Systems, Sky Systems three. We can't find two of them though. We can't find Sky Systems two and Americana. Remember, I or or was that one? Those are probably Americana. at North Central or something in a deep in a locker somewhere. So with Sky Systems, boy out, in comes check this out, man. Jan Johnson. We need to get him on here. That Sky is one full on marketing right there yeah <laughs> Sky, well, that's awesome. no i mean it's really cool because actually jan uh his brother tim uh yeah, you know they both they're bloom both from high Illinois. school yeah bloom high school um and he actually did they go to bloom i think they might have no they went to Gordon. oak park river forest i thought Dude, we have no idea. I know he used to coach. He used to coach at Bloom. He used to coach like. No, he used to have a club. He, he used to have a club there. Yeah. Well, that's like them do. saying you, Jake went to Plainfield Central and South, and Luke went to Plainfield. We have so many high schools. I all I within know, one man. compact area. For Nobody could keep track of where went, we went. I thought they went to like Morton or something. Who Starkey? Like no, the no. the Starkey Johnson brothers. Did you know the that? Johnson the Johnson brothers? Yeah, I, I knew that. that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Until Shout out to uh, right John now. John Wood tried to uh, tried to break that record. I don't think he ever uh, does. He no, have, does uh, Starkey have the Starkey's record got broken? Actually, a kid jumped sixteen six there, not too long yes, ago. Yes, I do remember. He goes to U of I. No, he was he was a vaulter. Dare you? Whenever I was living in Palatine, he was a vaulter in Palatine, and I remember yeah. getting the local newspapers and seeing him seen him in he it. was he was my friend adam's like friend they were at school together but i was looking at these sky systems the other day and like that was like part of the pole vaulting culture like i feel like there's been like a cultural shift uh in yeah. pole vaulting to like where back in the day like when we were growing up you watch sky systems and you see people skating mini ramps and just doing a bunch of just not dumb stuff but like just fun, fun looking stuff, stuff yeah. that you could bust it you could hurt yourself you know but i th feel like back then it was like hey man yeah we're pole vaulters we're skaters we're yeah do you know we we do these fun we do it all and, and i was i always we rip, we rip bowls yeah <laughs> ripping poles and ripping bowls <laughs> hey full disclaimer we do not at all vote yes. that the use <laughs> no. of drugs we're the complete it, opposite it is it was a it was a accident, accident. Josh, Josh made an accident, <laughs> Josh I, had an accident. I, I did make an accident a, 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 accident um what so like why so who, who it's like water does, boy so nobody ever uh does that anymore they don't they don't really like do no 
no them simultaneously. That's, that's like the cool that's that's you why know? i started to love pole vaulting was i mean not because of sky systems but because mine was mainly because of neo vault like yeah. i when we would watch Man, and you have neo so vault there fun. i know i saw that picture on your instagram but like dude shout out to jake for was, being on neo vault yeah no that's that what i was, was about big, to say like big goal i i'm not kidding when i was a little kid i think my only goal was to oh, be on neo vault too. one day yeah. Because I, I used to watch all of the Neo well, because vaults. they by the way, some people who vaulted upper 17s and those meets where it'd be like, hey, they just showed two vaults of that guy who jumped 540. That's Dude, awesome. That meet that I was in in uh, Finland where I was on, where I met Sean Brown and he filmed uh, this, this track meet that I was in. Uh, I think it was this bad boy right here. Neo Vault 4. Yeah, the excellent adventure. Sean's yeah. excellent adventure. Uh, at that meet, I saw a 14-year-old Russian girl get her hand glued onto the top of a 14-foot-long pole. Mm. I'm not joking, dude. She, her dad glued her hand onto it and was like, all right, here we go. Send it. And she was like 14 years old. And she just ran in there and just with her hand just glued on there. Good. You're not running through. You're not no. running through. You're going to rip your arm off. And she hit that 14-foot-long pole, knobbing the end of it, and just got completely yep. rejected. Just, just, just I thought you were going to say, and then she cleared 10-6. <laughs> yeah, she ended up dropping her grip down and – not jumping that high but i was like dude that that was the That's one of the craziest level. moments to see a 14 year old yeah dude neo vault was like well the uh, coolest thing is like i would wake up december 25th go down and check the stocking and i'd have a new neo vault in it every yeah. for like five years in a row yeah. or however often those things came out like i would Ooh. yeah the stinking norberg, norberg. Man. yeah I another illinois one. illinois yeah Illinois yep. boy is good. I'm yeah. in that video. I'm actually in that in the background at the beach ball. Yeah. You remember that? I'm holding my skimboard. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, that was my ultimate goal. And then Jake was on it. We turned, we got it for Christmas one, or I got it for Christmas. Uh, hey, let's just put the Neo vault on while we're opening presents. Why not? Yep. And, uh, played the Neo vault. <laughs> and then at Somero, I think it was Somero Finland came on and Jake was like, Hey, I was there. Come on. Come on. And Jake was like, yeah, I was there. And then lo yeah. and behold, Jake comes running down and we were like, you made it. You yeah. did it. Borrowed you poles. My did the family. <laughs> you did the family goal. You achieved the family goal. I was and then they stopped being having, having the Neo vaults. But you know, what's funny is that Sam yeah. Kendricks has never heard of Neo vault. Oh man. Wait, what? Like until, I'm not kidding. until recently, I asked him. I was we were at Texas Expo, and I was talking to I think like Austin Miller about Neo Vault, and we and he was like, "Yeah, man, like that's why I've been walking around with my camera all the time. I'm trying to like make a video kind of like that again." And Sam was like, "What's Neo Vault?" I was oh like, "Are you curious?" Oh, no. Sam Kendricks doesn't know what Neo he's Vault so is. In the, he's so in the zone that he just isn't. Isn't no. where you, he's, he seems he's been like in the zone guy. since he's, he was five years old. Well, it, what's the deal with him and his uh, his army situation? Is he like 
I guess that would be a maybe shout out to Sam Kenricks. You got to come yeah, on. Yeah, we should here try and, to get him on so he yeah, can answer that. Because I, I've been curious about like, not Dude. like the pole vaulting. I know I, I, I've tracked him, understand how high he vaults, and I'd love to hear more about the poles and grips and just everything we we're asking you. But like, by the way, he grips I'm, 485, Jake, when he, grew, when he made six meters. Whenever he's. Holy cow. The, the army stuff, though. Is I was at the meet. <laughs> The yeah, army, that, that was so awkward. You guys just had your own little sidebar. Sorry about that. Uh, I, I'm just curious about the army, the army piece, because like there's, you know, that video of him stopping at the, the national anthem and that was awesome. And like active duty versus not active duty versus like, I mean, is he, yeah. I mean, he, I, I wonder what the, is he going actually, out and, and running you know, distance and, and have these, you know, 50 pound packs on and, you know, doing all that while he's training know. for vault. That's, I don't know. It's a, I hit him I up. Mean, yeah. We, I think he probably would answer that, but I listened to a podcast with him on it the other day. Uh, I was just browsing around. I was like, does he even do podcasts? And then, uh, dude, he was talking on this podcast about how he like, so like, you don't hear this part of things. Um, and he obviously would be able to explain it better, but, uh, he like destroyed his body, like his freshman year of high school or college or something like that. Like he destroyed it on a, like some sort of training exercise for the army. And like, he like knocked all his, his face was like completely destroyed he couldn't like open his mouth for a long time he knocked all four of his teeth out he like shattered his knee mm-hmm. like and i was like and he and it was like one of those injuries where it's like hey this is gonna be like for a really you know you're gonna be out for a really really long time and like you never heard of that i never thought i thought that it was just like this for sam kendrick's all the way up just straight up straight up straight, straight up to the top and turns out there's more to the story man so i think it'd be I interesting mean, to get him on yeah talk about that shout out sam kendricks it'd be uh kind of cool to to talk some stuff over um luke what is your greatest attribute what what in pole vaulting no in life you're you as a My mustache wow <laughs> no 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 i'm talking not physical we're not talking physical attributes here <laughs> Uh, but it is a pretty nice. <laughs> you mustache. didn't specify until now, Jake. Yeah. What? What? If you could point to one thing about you and like about your personality or whatever that has enabled you to get to where you're at now. Yeah, I, it would definitely be that I feel like I'm. Well, it's kind of like two things. I'm extremely this could be good and bad, extremely hard on myself when it comes to situations where I want to do well at it. But that also just kind of me, like it, what I'm basically saying is I'm extremely competitive um, in just about everything. So there's not really right. any sort, and it's main, it's just competing against myself. Like when it comes to me learning about how to play the drums, man, like I want, and I start playing a song or something and I don't get it right. I get pissed and I just keep playing it until I can get it right. And the same thing with like when I was trying to pop those varials, well, that happened literally in like three tries. A varial is a skateboarding trick for people who don't know. Yeah. Um, But if I'm like going out and doing kickflips or whatever on the skateboard and they're not happening or I'm trying, you know, a 
nollie 360 big spin or something like i was telling josh i was trying to learn and it wasn't working and i'm slipping out slipping out slipping out i'm like dude i don't want to give up until i figure it out and that's it's been very hard on my vault yeah on my vaulting at times because i'll get into a workout and i'll take you know 10 jumps they'll be pretty good but clip the bungee on the way down on my last jump i'm just going to take one more no touch it and be done one and then I clip jump. it for the next 10 in a row. And it's like, dude, right. you know, and I just want to keep fixing and fixing and fixing it. And I, I mean, it just goes into everything. And I think that that's what's created a well-rounded athleticism where I'm like, where, cause whenever a lot of it comes from you guys, like I'm really thankful that I had two older brothers who allowed me to be, be beaten beat i told you uh, not i told you not talk about that hey speaking <laughs> of uh, i i have to beaten up when it comes to sports and athletics because we would you know we had that pole vault uh two pvc pipes like this with a bungee hanging across in our backyard yep. that we used to go back there and pole vault at it and you know, we'd have small competitions where you guys would go lefty, I'd go righty, or you know, you know I was skateboarding we better. We, hey, I got to go to the bathroom. I'm gonna leave really quick. I'll be right back. Okay, but That's I'll leave fine. you with a little something, some couple people to keep you company. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, something that, uh, that I remember whenever we would vault in the backyard with the uh, with the. <laughs> the two PVC pipes and the bungee is I would vault at a higher bungee height than you. Cause I was what, five years older than you, but yeah. I would hate to pull the bungee back down. So I was yeah. literally and figuratively raising the bar for you because <laughs> I just, I, it was more of an inconvenience to bring it down. I'd be like, no, just, just jump at that. And I we know. do it. And actually we do it now um, or used to do it a, a year or two ago where, you know, you'd be vaulting at, at 550 and it'd be like i'd be like all right i guess i guess <laughs> I know, i'll go, I go at it as you, well try to hook my feet over you played you know arguably the biggest role in my vaulting career um when it came to training and stuff because you so josh went to north central college and he's four years older than me so whenever i was a senior in high school he was a senior in college so it, we kind of basically backed up every single year where I wasn't in high school with him and I wasn't in college with him. And so your freshman year at college, well, that was kind of a sketchy year because you had your shoulder stuff, but basically still training hard though, you know, between my freshman and sophomore year of high school and sophomore and junior year of high school and junior and senior year of high school, those summers you would come home and it was, you had your own house. That's the thing is that I feel yeah. like a lot of people don't realize that you came home to train Yep. A lot like just to have two somebody or three months. I, I stayed home June and July during college, not because I had to, um, not, not, I shouldn't, shouldn't say two straight months, but two or three weeks at a time, mainly because of you, Luke, because I, I really, and, and I wanted That's what to, it came down to is like, I remember I tell a lot of people, this is that, you know, I would, from my, freshman year I went from 139 to 15-9 junior year I went 159 to 16-10 and then went 16-10 to 17-5 my senior year and I remember 
Um, there were two summers back to back. There were two it summers. It was between sophomore, sophomore and junior. Yeah, freshman, sophomore, sophomore, junior, and then Jake and I trained together. I think junior and senior. So or, Jake no, I was think responsible there, there for, for getting you to go the highest. Right? Is that? <laughs> yeah. No, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> you were there for. You yeah. were there for. That all is. Of them, that's Josh, Jake said. That's summer. that's correct. That's somewhat true. But um, <laughs> no, I think it was. I think no, because you came home because that was your first year out of college, and that's when you broke your back. Oh, was my before my senior year story. I got yeah. Enough. So we'll get into that some other time. But it was. It, I think a lot of it comes down to that competitiveness, and then that turns into Dude, me I just would... wanting to not being afraid to work my butt off. And a lot of that is because of you guys and being able to grow up seeing my brother win state championship and then get lifted over the fence, you know, after you, after you guys both won and, and seeing how emotional that was for both of you guys and how it was like, I never realized it until the day it happened. I was like all of their hard work from freshman year through senior year, nonstop pole vault and training and, you know, discipline and stuff like that, that 99% of other school kids weren't doing. Yeah, they did. And they won state. And I was like, I want nothing more than to just do that. Like that is what I want to do. And I didn't have the persistence and the hard work to start, you know, my freshman year, I was the worst, honestly, um, yeah, as, you were. as crazy as that is. Yeah, I remember I, there's, the there's a quote that dad probably he'll never forget i I do remember i jumped 13 feet at a track meet at uh, wheat mormonville south high school my freshman year and i got beat by a kid who i thought i should beat. and i had been stuck at 13 feet all of indoor season my freshman year i jumped it at my first meet and i didn't jump higher than that until the outdoor season and i went up to dad after the meet and i wasn't crying or anything but i was pissed and i was like why do i have to be the worst winder And he was like, Oh no. (laughs) And, but what he told me was something that was really, really important. He goes, you know what you have to do. And I made an Instagram post about this. He said, you got to be patient with me and be patient with pole vaulting. He's like, none of this happened for your brothers right away. Yeah. They might've jumped a little higher than you, but they were also taller. They were stronger. You know, there's a lot of other things that they were better than you at that time. And he said, if you be patient, you'll see what I'm talking about. You just have to work hard and be patient and know that it's going to happen. And I went into each summer basically training with Josh, and I would get woken up at 7.30 in the morning to go to Five Star Fitness down the road. And, you know, we'd jog up or drive our car over to Five Star and be in there for like an hour, an hour and a half. Then we'd drive back, drink a protein shake, and drive over to Joliet Memorial Stadium. To the track, man, that straight was straight to the track, four, and then we would four or five be out hours there, be out there for like two hours, work. you know, doing bleachers, and then after bleachers, doing plyos, and then after plyos, yeah. doing uh, you know, one hundred meter sprints, and it was just all of that stuff. It like built in some, it built in me something that was like, dude. I love this. Like, I love that right now I know that I'm training harder than everyone I'm competing against. And I yeah. know that I'm, if, if I have to back off into anything, I know I can return back to that hard work that I put in. If I'm hurt, if I'm, there's a headwind, if I'm on a small pole, whatever it is, I know that I've worked harder than all of those guys I'm competing against. So there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to be on top, you know? 
And I felt like that was the same way that, you know, Jake probably did it for Josh and dad was probably a lot of that for you, Jake, because you were kind of on your own. So, yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, everybody, we all three uh, had a very, similar and very different path through the whole thing and you were yeah. talking earlier about how you were throwing a fit and that started that like uh where you were like uh i'm the worst winder yeah um, it made me think of like irrational things that i said whenever i was uh pole vaulting oh. and uh this is uh we're running you know we'll we'll probably you know close out after this but i thought it would be kind of funny to share some like a moment like that and uh, I'll start my senior year I had won the state meet my junior year and and this is in high school so I won state and then I was going to repeat and I was going against somebody who was really really good Phil Hansen he was incredible athlete and it was basically me and him kind of battling it out um, for that that state championship and so I go and I get second and I immediately just throw my pole on the ground and then go and then I kicked a chair. I kicked a folding chair, like annihilated it. And then I, and then, and then I ran. I didn't run. I like swiftly walked out of the stadium to a pond. Okay. And then dad was, was there and I'm just sitting there just... Oh, I hate my life, you know. Like, <laughs> oh, I got so good. And then Dad comes up to me. Dad comes up to me, and and he was like, "Dude, you need to relax." And I was like, "All I want to do right now is just jump in that pond." <laughs> I was like, and Dad and Dad just looked at me and was like, "I wouldn't do that." I, w- <laughs> I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Could you imagine if I said if I went? That's hilarious. And I kicked that chair and then ran out, just screamed, "I hate my life!" and just jumped right into that pot. Oh my god! I was I was thinking about that the other day, and I was like, "That's so embarrassing, man." Yeah, I know. Like, that's I think people have to get used moments. to sharing those stories, though. Like, be honest oh, with yourself. We okay. all have acted like I know. Before. And I, I, I mentioned last <laughs> podcast of somebody who had a, a, you know, consistently had emotional breakdowns or something. I didn't, I didn't say that meaning we were uh, completely immune to that because oh we, gosh, we well, have you hear that story. Yeah, I almost Jake. jumped into a pond. <laughs> I almost jumped yeah. into a pond in my spikes in everything and if dad wasn't there i might have been swimming in that pond just standing hip hip deep into in a retention pond. <laughs> you know, <laughs> i don't i don't know luke's story but luke the one that comes to mind with me that i wasn't there for for you um, oh. was whenever that dude almost ran across the run oh, or ran across dude. the runway that got me pissed you pointed at him and you you grabbed I him. was about to do some bad stuff. I'm happy I didn't. <laughs> you but grabbed him. I yeah, so I that meet started what off What did you whisper rough. to him like I'm So like, this was I'm not going to name the college that it was at, but it was at a college that we had had a national championship at before that they have they had a pit that wasn't suited for a box collar. Like it was before it didn't have a cutout or anything. So when you put it in the pit shifted up and in and it caused your pole. Like it was literally halfway in the box causing your pole to hit it. I was like, there's, I can't pole vault like this. Like we're going to have to figure something out. 
So the only way they could do it is push the pit far enough back to where it wouldn't do anything. That way, every time I landed, I was literally landing on a down slope and bottoming out every time. Yep. And I was jumping on my standards on 80. Came down to my third attempt at opening bar, ended up making it with a cruddy jump. And then I like missed. So I was already, you know, I was already uh, fired up. Yeah. I was fired up. Not a good time to step on the runway while Luke's third attempt, third attempt at (laughs) opening bar and made it missed my second bar first attempt. And then second attempt at my second bar, I go running full force down the runway. I'm feeling good now and I'm pissed. So I'm running even faster. I'm probably not. I'm probably running slower, but I'm try- I'm pissed. So I'm like, I'm going to show, I'm going to do this right now. And a dude with headphones in, oh, he starts man. getting yelled at and he's two feet on the runway at about the 10 foot takeoff mark. And I'm at about 30 feet, but my pole is 16 feet, five inches. So I'm like a foot and a half away. From no, you, hitting him in his you, head you with the pole, truly and I, I was like, made thinking, him unconscious because my pole was lowering down, so it's even with the oh, dude's head, man, and he's just, just staring right, right at it head. like this. And he's like pulling his headphones out and goes like this, and he ducks, and I drop my pole, <laughs> and like I had so much speed though that I like kind grabbed of ran him. into him, but I ran into him, and I probably shouldn't have done this, but I like grabbed him like this, and I was like, you could have just died <laughs> that's literally what i said i said i could have just killed you yep put it's your true. headphones away or you something probably like that. thought you said, said i'm going to kill you <laughs> i said i could have just killed you You're and i done. was so pissed because i was i wasn't mad because i was being selfish i was so scared because i thought i was gonna legitimately yeah. hurt the dude the- the and reason- i was like dude i don't want to hurt you and then after the meet i tried to find him so i could tell him i Sorry that I got so be, pissed, but I was like, dude, right after that his dreams and his nightmares. And then right. they kind of went like viral. Like I think Flegel posted Well, that's it what I was going to say. I haven't, I hadn't talked to Steven Flegel, who was the pole vault coach at university of Chicago. Um, he, I hadn't talked to him for like five years and out of nowhere, I get this text from him. That's like, you got to see this. And it was <laughs> slow-mo, which of course I got another clip. I got to find him post on Instagram of luke just like grab pointing at this dude and grabbing him and looking like he's going to just murder him and it's it's you get so oh, much no. emotions built up i, I mean know, man. i've yeah. had i've had i should have gotten pissed though that's the thing is like that's a situation where but you acknowledged it afterwards you said yeah. it's like i should not have done that it is and, what it and is. that's the thing though is like that that's a situation that, that could have been avoided him. by a facility being appropriately arranged correct or put hurdles up and flags up or something. Yeah. Or me recognizing that the facility isn't appropriate. I was already pissed off about the pit and all that. And just being like, you know what? It was a last chance meet. I had already qualified. I had already qualified for the national championship. Just accepting and being and humbling yourself and being like, I don't need to pole vault today. It's not going to create a good thing. Yeah. So I just need to pack it up. And just accept that my next meet is going to be at the national championship because then you're leading into the national championship after almost punching the dude in the face. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not that's a good no vibe to want to enter into a meet too, you know? So I got, I got two quick stories. <clears throat> the first one is not that funny. And the second one is funny. The first one, all, all of my stories revolve around. Dude, whiz on your tent too. <laughs> no, no the, peeing the, on the tent. All, all of my stories are revolve around injuries, which is just, you know, 
hashtag Josh is always injured. Yeah. Um, but hashtag the, Cooper Manning. It whenever I broke my back, um, I broke two transverse processes off my L4 and L5. So like you have your two spinal spinals. You got these little things coming off, and those broke <laughs> off. A couple of them are still floating around in my back, but. Um, that was totally, there's a video on winder up YouTube channel, um, that goes over why that happened, which was all my fault. Um, but I broke, broke my back and it was right after an episode of Rob Deerdex fantasy factory (laughs) where, where if you hit, hit and run, I think they called it. And I was like, dang it. Oh yeah. That would have, if I would have ridiculousness, that's what I meant. Um, and sent it over to them, I think that would have definitely been on there because I hit and instantly, well, I like scorpion, like felt like, oh, I can still you your back. I remember box. that. Yeah, I, I, I broke my back Spinal. <laughs> in the box because I, I kind of like sat in it like a throne. I, I landed in the box. My back of my box hit the, the, <laughs> the top back of the box. Back. And I was, and, and, I, there was a box collar in there, but the right. box collar wasn't adjusted appropriately and Pushed probably back a little bit in that it caused it to happen. But anyways, broke my back and took off running immediately. Another video that I'll have to, uh, put, put on there. In. Yeah. You got to edit that in there. Um, that was a solid, solid. And then the, uh, the, the second one, which is the funnier one, and then we can wrap it up. It'll be a good way to, to wrap this one up. <sighs> I've only broken one pole. Unlike Jake and Luke, who's broken every series of, I'm not going to say the yeah, brand of pole, um, every, every, <laughs> every, every pole you can imagine, um, 14 feet through 17, 16, five. Um, I've broken all brands of poles. Yeah. Okay, good. Let's just put that out there. And no, let's, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I, I broke one pole and when I broke it, it was actually a, a sp- a spike mark that broke the pole because it broke in half exactly where Brian McCormick, you know, shout out Brian McCormick spiked the pole. And I remember him spiking it and I didn't even tell him, but I remember seeing him spike it right across that carbon label. And again, was a spike mark issue. Pole broke. And when it broke the bottom half of the pole I was still having energy flowing into the pit. The bottom half of the pole got me, got me in the, in in the, the butt. <laughs> got, got me in the spot. Yep. Hold and on, what spot? <laughs> <laughs> it, got, it got me, got me in, in the, the, in in the, the front butt spot or the no, back spot? No, it, 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 <laughs> it got, it got me. So, oh no, yeah. he's got a pen. <laughs> Here's, here's, subscribe here's, to our YouTube channel because the <laughs> video you got to see the video if you want the full. This, uh, I don't. Effect. I don't think this is. Uh, this is inappropriate, right? <laughs> so it's what happened. Pull, pull broke top half. Whoops! Oh, oh <laughs> <What>? gosh! <laughs> top, top half goes flying off. Right. Bottom half is still in the box. I don't know oh, how. Gosh. I don't know why. And I, <laughs> oh. boom! Right on the butthole. What? The- yep. <laughs> I'm, de- I'm dead serious. I- I'm just That's being a honest. Different word, like a undercarriage or 
or okay. something. <laughs> under I don't know. Right in my undercarriage. And and it and it carried me partially into the pit. And I remember my coach just laughing hysterically. Oh. Laughing hysterically at it because it was like not only were we all shocked that the pole broke, but it was like, right. dude. <laughs> Is your backside okay? Because <laughs> that that did, not, that did not that <laughs> your your undercarriage. Go check your undercarriage. <laughs> you need to go check out your undercarriage and make sure that everything's okay, dude. No joke, man. Could you imagine though those uh the, those, those carbon the, fibers? Uh, I, know, I know, but it was it was a fairly okay. clean. It was a clean break. I mean, if you want me to be honest, going into before we wrap it up, there, there's so many of those videos where where poles do carry under the bar and people yeah, get they do and people yeah. You dad always taught us handled. to push it back. You got to throw that pole back. Yep. Not just because you want to make the bar uh, and you don't want your pole to hit it. You need to throw that pole back because if that thing comes underneath, I mean, there's people you know yeah. got hit in their front carriage or their front spot <laughs> got, hit in their, got hit in their back spot it's uh, true there's been there's a story of somebody this is wood there's a story of somebody, somebody didn't you compete against that dude that got hit in the back spot yeah he's famous on youtube now though yeah I mean, he, he was, was on he was, he was on, on ridiculousness yes yeah because Jinx. he broke that thing down it was like he was an obstacle <laughs> <You know? laughs> you got popsicle (laughs) okay hey but but you also there's another story of of a person that went over i think it was in the 80s or 90s and pole comes under rips their shorts completely off yeah and then you're and then you're in a really bad spot because you're at a family event i remember you're at a family function and your shorts get ripped completely wasn't that and Tim or Morgan I, I should I, I know who it was and I don't know if I should say it. No, don't say it. Yeah. I know oh, who it was. Timmer Morganov had a had a situation. Did you see that where he finished a jump in the pole, passed through the under part of his shorts, passed through the waistband, and missed his face and the pole was stuck oh in his pants. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't Sandy oh didn't Sandy gosh, Morris get hit by a pole on her? She got hit by like three, like in the same at the World gosh. Championships, like in their in her quad. Yeah, like I remember, yeah, the That's quad. Scary. I remember seeing her make the bar and then like like hitting her quad. Now it's like, oh my gosh, that had to have hurt. Yeah, I, at first I thought she was like going like this because she was so excited to make it, and then they showed it in slow mo and it hit her leg, and she was doing that because it hurt so bad. That's somebody and she else. Had just won a world try to get on here. Her, uh, she's outstanding Walter and her husband is a outstanding long jumper too. And I think he's from North Chicago. Um, Oh really? Just saying Illinois shouts out, shouts out to Illinois, (laughs) Illinois. All right, guys, Um, I got to get out of here, man. Yeah. Um, Same. It's time to get, get it going. Uh, this was a lot of fun and really, really appreciate you coming on Luke. And I think that you, um, I don't know, man. It's been it's been inspiring to have you as a, a younger brother. It's been really cool to watch your path through this whole thing, dealing with all the pressure of having, you know, you, you know, your dad wins the state championship, your oldest brother wins the state championship, your middle brother wins the state championship, and now the pressure's on you to do that. And and then you, you've never really 
balked at any of that pressure, which was pretty, pretty outstanding. And uh, well, you three made it a lot easier for me. Yeah. You're fun to talk to. I feel like you're a nice person. Um, <laughs> Thank and you. yeah, man, we've, it's, <laughs> it's been a pleasure having you on, man. Appreciate it. I'm sure this won't be the last time. Josh, yeah. Right thanks for it? having me for sure. Yeah. I was just going to say, um, one thing I always appreciated about you, Luke, is you mentioned that you're super competitive, but you're never outwardly competitive. You have a really, really good way of owning your, your emotions and letting them out when needed. Um, but for the most part, you didn't balk at any of that pressure. You didn't ever say to me outright, you know, I, I'm never, I'm never going to win state or I, I have to win state. Like that, that, that was a, that was a time where I thought to myself, that's a lot of pressure on him, is, man. but, but you didn't say anything. You he showed up, walk. you, you worked out hard, you lifted, you ran sprints, you vaulted at practice and you showed up and you won state and then you <laughs> did it again. And then you broke the state record. And then you went on to jump 18 plus in college and, you know, now you're post-collegiate and I don't see you stopping anytime soon. So, um, hey, well, and you made that really, What's up? You, and you made that really good, uh, ping pong video. Oh, that was pretty sick. <laughs> but Hey, I mean, honestly, you three, when I say you three, I'm talking about dad and really I could add mom and Amber into that too. Is none of it is possible without you guys. I mean, Jake or dad was the well, actually, Grandpa was the pioneer in the pole vaulting, but Dad was the real – I mean, dude's jumping in his backyard with a tin can in the ground and a, jumping onto mattresses and tires. And, you know, True. then Jake goes and wins, wins the state championship. Josh goes, wins the state championship. If none of that was done before me, I wouldn't have known what to do and what not to do. And you guys have been an open book to me. And, you know, Josh was waking me up at 7.30 every morning. Jake was – continuing to provide me opportunities with rise athletic club and stuff like that. So there's a lot of things that could have gone a lot worse for me, but thanks to you guys hasn't gone that way. Heck Heck yeah, yeah. man. You're a heck of a dude. We love you. And um, yeah. Awesome having you on. And uh, this is one more jump podcast. Catch you guys on the flip flop later.